You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 235, Bloodbath. Hosted by Dan Terry. Now I am properly and unoffensively rolling. And Joseph Wren. I am still offensively rolling. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you bathe in blood and catatonia riffs, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. It's time to bathe in blood, sir. It's going to get bloody. It's going to be a bloodbath up in here tonight. So much blood. There's a lot of blood and a lot of Swedish death metal. I'm going to get to say blood a lot tonight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're going to say blood a lot. We're going to say Swedish a lot. So we're much gonna, Swedish gonna mention... death metal. It almost has an Opeth vibe at times. I wouldn't say Opeth. I would say uh, Dismember, which is weird because dudes from Catatonia and Opeth are making it. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, you know and, and Hypocrisy and like all, all the bands that Dan Swaino has been in. Swano? Swaino? I, I don't know. I've only read the dude's name. I've never said it out loud. So... That's what you get. But he's been in like 10,000 other bands, so it's it's really easy to keep track. Uh, Bloodbath. Bloodbath is a Swedish supergroup, or rather a Swedish death metal supergroup. Uh, and these guys began basically just to bring back that old school sound. And whenever I say Swedish death metal, I'm not talking about Gothenburg death metal bands. I'm talking about the real Swedish death metal. I'm talking like Entombed. I'm talking Carnage. I'm so yeah. much dirge. I'm talking grave. I'm talking dismember. You know, I'm talking all these old school Swedish death metal bands that were basically doing their own version of what all of the Floridian death metal bands were doing. Floridian, you know, from the nation of Florida. And uh <laughs> and, and they they did it good, man. They they did they did buzzsaw guitars, they had harsh vocals, they had terrifying subject matter. But they had a finesse to them that some of the American death metal bands just didn't have. And the entire point of Bloodbath is to bring that sound back. So we need to get our cassette tapes and have a bit of a grind to it. But then also be melodic and extremely dark vocals that shred the air between your ears and the wall. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the biggest fan. But I am a fan, and Bloodbath delivered this week. The only real differences between the albums end up being cosmetic for me because, yeah, they had some member changes along the way, but essentially what you're getting is that old-school sound with modern production, and it's going to be a burner, man. We're just going to burn the walls down. Let's just bring everything down. Let's do it. Let's start burning stuff. But before we start burning stuff, I want to read some comments so that, you know, those don't get burned. We got a comment on episode 231, Morbid Angel, from Satanic Puppy Overlord, who says, Love Morbid Angel. Altars of Madness and Gateways to Annihilation are my favorites. Gateways was really misunderstood for its time. It has three medium, three fast, and three slow songs, which makes it it diverse and balanced while also being refined and brutal. Uh, I have to agree, man. Um, I really, really like... Uh, I, I would give uh, Altars of Madness over Gateways to Annihilation, but I think that they are both outrageously brutal records. We got an episode... We got an episode, Joe. Did you know we have an episode? 234 and counting, my friend. Well, what I meant to say is we have a comment on episode 57, Paramecium, 
from Mark Gold. He we are says, going within, way back on that one. That is an old episode. It's it's a long time since I've seen a zero, a two-digit uh, episode number. Uh, he says, Within the Ancient Forest is my favorite, followed by Exhumed. Jason Sherlock leaving the band was very noticeable to me. I mean, I would say so. I mean, Jason Horde Sherlock is uh, absolutely uh, the type of drummer where you're going to notice if he's gone or if he's present. Uh, I always like the sheer amount of genres that Jason Sherlock could play, even though the dude is essentially a paper shredder of a drummer. I mean, he is just one of the fastest in the game, yet he had great success in this very, very slow doom metal band called Paramecium. So what are you going to do? He decided to take half his limbs off for that one. Just play slower. <laughs> Entirely possible. I'm going to do uh, this whole album with my right side. In reference to our uh, Patreon episode 167, Langsell, Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. He says, huzzah for Langsell. Don't answer the phone. And uh, what he's referring to is there's this creepy phone ringing uh, in the beginning of the first uh, Langsell album. The song's called uh, Hell Calls Hell. And yeah, don't answer the phone. You don't, you don't, want, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. Just don't do it. It's a bad idea. Never answer the phone. Just don't. Just screen everything. Well, before Dan and I bathe in blood of our enemies, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. I mean, you guys know what I'm going to say. Five-star reviews. Leave them for us. We'll read them on the show. We will absolutely. And we won't just read the five-star ones. We'll, we'll, read, we'll read whatever you send us. So, uh. Get on your favorite podcasting app and uh, make sure to give us a rating and review. We we would very much appreciate it. So, Dan, tell me about bloodbath. A bloodbath is something that happens to you when you get thrown into a bathtub and then people start pouring blood all over you. I thought this so, was what happens when Gangrel comes down to the ring and stands on the stairs with his goblet of red liquid and spews it out into the crowd while that really creepy music plays. Well, that's two definitions of the word bloodbath. If there's a third definition, though, it would be referring to the Swedish death metal supergroup that formed in 1998, uh, consisting of members of Opeth, Catatonia, uh, Hypocrisy. Well, maybe Hypocrisy was later. I don't know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there right now for you guys. All of these guys have very, very Swedish names, and they are beautiful, wonderful, majestic names. I'm going to do my very, very, very best to read all of their names correctly and pronounce them correctly. Good luck. Yep, exactly. So we'll just we'll just kind of see how it goes. I will do my absolute best to make sure everybody's represented. But with the nature of a super group, there may be times where everybody's every single band that every person in the band has been in uh, may not be mentioned. It's not due to a lack of knowledge. It's due to a lack of time. So uh, with all of that uh, kind of out of the way, you know, let, let's get into it. These guys got together. Um, they decided that, you know, it was basically like Michael Ockerfeld from Opeth, Dan Swino from uh, Edge of Sanity, Nightingale, and five billion other bands. 
Um, Anders Nystrom from Catatonia and uh, Johan Rinsky from Catatonia. And uh, they released an EP, which we're not going to talk about. <laughs> and, uh, but they, you know, they all basically, I mean, the, the story, as far as I know, uh, basically boils down to they're all out having beers in Stockholm, I assume. And uh, they're all like, dude, you know, you know, it was really sick. Entombed was really sick. You know what else is really sick? Dismember. Yeah. So is Carnage. Carnage is also really sick. You know, so is Grave. You know, like all of these, all of these classic Swedish death metal bands. Because it kind of seems like as far as Swedish death metal goes, bands like Obath and Catatonia, while still being in the death metal genre, at least early on, they they went much more for the finesse than the brutality. If they were brutal, they were mixing it with a lot of melodic sensibilities and a lot of different sort of uh, influences, like Prague being number one. More like using brutality as a tool than being brutal for the sake of it. Correct. And so I think with Bloodbath, they were like, why don't we go ahead and just be brutal for the sake of it? Because that's obviously the music that these guys kind of came up on. And, and really wanted to kind of explore further. And I think in a certain sense to bring it back, because there was a while when people would say Swedish death metal or maybe even like Scandinavian death metal, uh, you'd get images of all these Gothenburg bands. You know, you're at the gates and Dark Tranquility and In Flames, and those are mostly great bands. Uh, but, you know, there, there's something that, there's something that, there's an appeal that Dismember has, and there's appeal, an appeal that Old Entombed has. Uh, that you really you don't really see in bands now. I can't think of a lot of bands that have that buzzsaw guitar and um, the, these 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 groove laden, just fat, chunky death metal uh, segments, all just like perfectly like scotch taped together. Uh, and so I think with Bloodbath, they really started off wanting to be a tribute to that. Two thousand and two, resurrection through carnage like that carnage reference carnage also another uh, landmark swedish death metal band from back in the day don't think i didn't see what you guys did there i saw what you guys did there uh we're not talking about spider-man villains we're not we're talking about swedish death metal albums all night for the rest of the night maybe some spider-man later <laughs> uh, you know this record i mean oh my god like it is this is I gotta talk about the guitar tone first, which I know is really out of character for me. Go right ahead. Uh, but the uh the guitar tone is just disgusting. For for lack of a better term, it is just disgusting. If they were in an American studio uh recording this with an American producer, they would be like, No 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 no, you cannot let the guitar sound like that. It's they're just it's too bitey. It almost sounds like it's almost sounds like somebody likes is revving up a chainsaw, and and that's the guitar tone. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Have you guys not ever heard you know Left Hand Path by Entombed? Because that's it's supposed to sound like that. And I will say though, I don't think that they nailed it a hundred percent with the guitar tone, but it was not for a lack of trying. Uh, they got very very close. The spirit of grind is strong with this one. I don't even think this was done in a studio unless somebody tells me I'm wrong. It sounds like the first thing you ever recorded in your bedroom when you figured out that you could multi-track 
and lay down some heavy and brutal songs. Don't get me wrong. This sound is very old school, very harsh, a little too much beef, not enough mids, but that's not what you're here for. I don't remember this album coming out. I remember the next one, which we're about to get to. I know Dan can't wait. But I know when this one came up in the conversation, it was hardcore, excuse me, it was classic sounding grind. And that's what you were here for. But it was these modern icons of death metal that weren't just being heavy for the sake of it. They were writing interesting songs that were also heavy. I don't really hear the grind in it. Um, grind, grind's somewhat of a different approach, I think. Uh, when I think of grind, I'm thinking more like Old Carcass and Napalm Death uh, as far as just playing as fast as possible. Whereas I feel like with a band like Bloodbath, they're kind of letting the music breathe a little bit. They're not, they're not going into like doom passages or anything, but they're not, they're not necessarily playing at like Napalm Death level speeds, but they are playing very, very fast. Uh, and they're playing chunky, but you're still gonna get that groove. You're gonna let, you're gonna let these songs drove, drive. There is a little bit of a punk energy to Swedish death metal that I that I like a lot. Um, and so I think maybe that's where you're getting the grind thing from. And uh, yeah, I mean they they absolutely accomplished their mission of of making a, essentially a Swedish death metal tribute record. You've got Michael Ockerfeld from Opeth doing vocals, and I mean, obviously, the dude just sounds like Satan. Let's just get it out of the way. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's just absolutely. And it's funny because like you're used to hearing him. You're used to hearing him in in Opeth, where he's gonna like he has those deep, terrifying growls in Opeth too, or at least he used to. But in uh, in Bloodbath, I mean, they, he doesn't sing you to sleep uh, like he does on 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 the Opeth stuff. This is just the harsh vocal all the time at a pace that I have not ever heard him uh, deliver at. And so you, what you get is just like the really some of the best death metal vocals that you can ever possibly have uh, in this band. They're almost too high quality based on the way that everything else sounds. And Joe, I want to throw it out there because this is one of my favorite things to do on the show. Uh, you are wrong. This was recorded in a studio. It was recorded at Unisound Studio. And, uh, you know, just, just wanted to throw it out there. Very, very famous uh, studio, uh, which their uh, drummer, Dan, uh, Dan, great name, Swano or Swano. <laughs> I always, I've been calling him Swano my whole life, but uh, maybe it's Swano. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how to read sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, this was recorded, absolutely recorded. But because it was recorded in a member of the band's studio, uh, that definitely means that they had free reign to do what they wanted. And, uh, yeah, this is great. I love, I just love the punk energy. I love the buzzsaw sort of sounding guitars. Um, it's a very non-conventional guitar tone, and I think they did a really good job on it. Michael's vocals are crazy. Drumming is crazy. And I don't think necessarily that, that Bloodbath is setting the world on fire on this record, but I don't also, I also don't think that, like, I don't think that was the goal, really. Um, this was a bunch of dudes getting together saying, let's make an old school album and just have fun with it. That's what this is. And that's perfectly fine. Because in 2002, you weren't getting that in the mainstream, but you might pay attention to it because, hey, guys, it's got Michael Augerfeld in it. Well, yeah. And one of the things that I think is really important, uh, too, to keep in mind is that, like, there aren't a lot of super groups that are of this quality. In my opinion, like a lot of the times, supergroups 
usually are dude they don't they don't add up to the sum of their parts if that makes sense because you've got you've got here a bunch of guys that are that are from landmark bands that are popular in their own right and they're coming together on this bloodbath record and so like I think sometimes it's easy to do the math of like, you know, Opeth times Catatonia equal, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, whereas what you have a Bloodbath is a band that doesn't sound really like either one of those bands. Um, and so it's not that like this is necessarily better than what you would get out of just a, a, a genuine um, Swedish death metal band just forming and, and putting records out. Uh, but they sound like that in a really legitimate way that I think that a lot of supergroups don't. Hey, Dan. What's up? Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. 2004. Nightmares made flesh. So this one's a little bit different. So this one, uh, it's not that different. Please please hear me out here. Uh, but you have a different vocalist. Michael Ockerfeld is, is not singing on this one. Um, instead, they got, uh, and I'm, I'm going to butcher your name, and I apologize, but uh, they got uh, Peter Tachrin, uh who I know as the vocalist of a band called Hypocrisy, uh, who I'm a huge fan of. And uh, he absolutely comes in, and um, I, I don't want to necessarily say, oh, Ockerfeld who, <laughs> you know, after hearing this, but uh, <laughs> dude, dude comes at it from a kind of a different perspective. He has a very distinct voice. Uh, and I like that. And I also like kind of how it mirrors Entombed, whereas, you know, you had a different vocalist on the second record than the first. Uh, but in this case, I think that I think that uh, Peter's vocals sound absolutely hellish uh, in, in a great way. He's got he goes for some of the more higher register, like evil sounding screams. He's not like super. He's not as guttural as Michael is. Um, but, man, I feel like they nailed it on this one. The the speed is better. The the. Uh, the actual um, the guitar tone is much better. They're not trying to mimic necessarily the the Swedish sound like they were before, um, but it still kind of still comes across sounding like that. Um, the overall the overall pace of the songs is faster uh, and, and a little bit more a little bit more intricate. I don't think that Bloodbath is technical uh, in the in the they're no more technical, I guess, than than what you would get just from playing death metal in general. Um, but they absolutely throw in a lot of different, uh, I don't want to say time changes, but just tempo, tempo changes, tempo variation. Um, and they really let some of those grooves ring out and it just sounds nasty and terrifying. And that's what, I mean, that's what any death metal band, that's the way any death metal band wants you to describe them. Right. While the first album had that old school vibe it sounded to me like a group of friends having fun. This sounds like a band who was recorded with modern production, who's playing a very old school style. Both are good in their own way, but this is more appealing because at the end of the day, I don't want my music to sound like shit. So you can have Resurrection Through Carnage and have that old school sound You've got the tribute out of the way. Now, let's put out a decent-sounding album and see if it catches on. Because no matter how modern this one is, it feels old-school. And it was filling that void that old-school death metal wasn't really present in 2004. Not this way, 
And I don't remember how it happened, but this record, this got our attention back in the day. Yeah, it did. <laughs> back in the day of 2008. But I mean, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I, I, li- I actually really like uh, Peter's vocals uh, a lot on this record. And in saying that, I'm not saying that I hated Michael Ockerfeld's vocals because obviously that dude is a, is, is a legend on his own. Uh, but Peter really brings something different to the band, and I, I like that. It's a, it's kind of a shame that this was the only album that he was on. Uh, but, you know, it just kind of is what it is. I think it had more to do with the fact that Michael was just focusing more on Opeth because if you remember from the mid to late 2000s, that's when Opeth was, like, really blowing up internationally. Absolutely. Um, what year did we go and see Opeth? We what year did we go and see them in Dream Theater? Two thousand and seven or eight. Okay, so right around this time, right so, around the release of Deliverance Damnation, right before Watershed, uh, before Ghost Reverie, I think. Whatever uh, you say, man. It was all good. It was all great, man. It was a great set. They played like three songs. <laughs> That's all they had to play. <laughs> I really wish we could have seen Bloodbath uh, at that time, but we got to see three though. They were amazing. They were good. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think that, uh, I think this record was, it was fantastic. And uh, another, another knockout. And again, I feel like it sounds less like a super group now and more like, Hey guys, this is what Bloodbath sounds like. It, it, It stops being a super group. I feel like at this point and becomes like, this is Bloodbath. This is the Bloodbath sound. And I think that's really cool because a lot of supergroups, you know, they put out an EP and maybe one album and that's it. Uh, Bloodbath was good enough to continue being a band. <laughs> Are we ready for the Fathomless Mastery? I mean, I can't I can't fathom uh, us doing anything else. That was harder to say than I thought it would be. 2008. All right. Remember how so, I said uh, we stepped up in quality on the last one? Yes. We stepped down a little bit on this one, but... It has a different vibe. It's a little more, I don't want to say epic, but that's the only word that comes to mind. It's a little more distance between me and the band, and it works. I almost like these different seasons of Bloodbath, how we're still doing something different, but keeping that old school vibe in the band at its core. I think that... It's, it sounds more modern, number one. Whereas I think that the first few albums were, you know, again, like a tribute to Swedish death metal. Now Bloodbath's a band. Bloodbath's a band that plays shows, you know, and puts out full-length releases. And so this is where they kind of take that sound that they had kind of a basis in, and now they are kind of adding more modern elements to it. The production is is notably a little bit different than what we had dealt with prior. Um, the band doesn't sound quite as gross. It sounds a little bit more cleaned up, um, with with almost uh, almost kind of that like ethereal sort of sort of sound, like that epic sound. And I and I would say that there's there there's just the absolute tiniest uh, tiniest bit of black metal in there. Uh, to, to kind of to, to kind of accent it and make it sound a little bit more um, a little bit more modern sounding a little bit more like what you'd get out of a lot of bands uh, at the time I mean I'm not saying it's like deathcore or something like that but like it's uh, uh, it just sounds better overall it sounds more it sounds a little bit more produced uh, but I like it it's fast it's in your face uh, 
And uh, Michael Ocker felt his back sounding like Satan, you know, uh, in full effect. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. I will say his lyrics are, are, are a bit on the cheesy side on this one, um, where he, he's really having too much fun uh, singing for this band uh, <laughs> to, to, to the point where he's like, I'm just going to say every single evil thing I can possibly say. Uh, but because I have, you know, these super deep vocal cords, I'm going to say them like very clearly and understandably. And so every now and again, he'll say something that it just kind of makes me makes me laugh out loud. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm OK with it. It's 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 probably fine. Right. Right. You think it's fine? I think it's fine. In um, 2008, it was fine. It was something that broke what was common because we were still drowning in metalcore of all kinds and hardcore and emo. And this was 2008. I don't remember who said it, but clearly it was true. If what you're looking for is classic sounding death metal, you need to go to the other side of the world. This has the old school vibe, but like I said, it has more of a epic sounding feel to it. It's almost like the band put distance between themselves and the expectations of old school death metal. It's like they picked up in 2008 and said, how do we innovate old school Swedish death metal? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're modernizing it in kind of an, an extinct style, you know? Uh, and it, yeah, it reminds me a lot. Of, it reminds me a lot of like, it's like if Dismember didn't change and didn't go into like more of a melodic death metal sound. Uh, it's like if you took an ever flowing stream and uh, we need to talk about Dismember on the show. Uh, <laughs> but like, if you took uh, like an ever flowing stream. Uh, and and just kind of kept that style, but just kept trying to reinvent it over and over again. Uh, I think you would get something like the Fathomless Mastery, you know. Um, and, and I think it's cool. I think it's rad. I, I love this. And you know, I know we've had kind of a string of bands lately where like it seems like we're saying every record sounds the same. But I think the difference with Bloodbath is that you can hear them adding kind of newer, more creative elements. And as the band goes on, they start to sound more like Bloodbath and less like Entombed, or, or less like uh, less like Carnage or or Grave or, or those bands. And that's a good thing because why am I here? Am I here to listen to old school sounding death metal played by my favorite death metal artists of the early 2000s, or do I want to listen to Bloodbath? I think in 2008 you want to hear Bloodbath. Yeah, and I think it's cool, too, and it really proves that, you know, people don't lose the ability to play this kind of music over time. You know, people are angry that, like, oh, uh, Opeth doesn't do death metal vocals anymore. Well, I got two albums with Michael doing nothing but that, <laughs> uh, you know, and so I think that that's super cool and super fun. And uh, as we move into the next record, uh, this is kind of where Bloodbath starts again being a little bit less of a super group and being more um just being its own thing you know i think it's unfair to call them a super group at this point in the career but uh, again you know opeth is blowing up all over the place michael ockerfeld leaves the band and it's one of those like well how do you replace this guy you know maybe we can get peter you know on from the second album because he was really cool uh but they didn't and so the person that they picked was actually really interesting to me uh, they actually got Nick Holmes from Paradise Lost uh, to do vocals. And uh, I guess we should talk about the record first before we, uh, you know, 
jump into that, but... 2014, man. Grand Morbid Funeral. I don't even care that this band started as a supergroup. Something about this feels like high-quality death metal. Melodic death metal in 2014. This is everything you wanted if you were sick and tired of everything that was going on for the last 10 years. You wanted something heavy, dark, evil sounding, and you wanted the album cover to look like you shouldn't be listening to this because here comes mom, right? Yeah. What? No, mom, it's nothing. It's a, it's not a, it's not a, it's definitely not a nun that looks like she's a corpse that's holding a skull. It's, it's not that. I promise I'm not a Satanist. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, the band's not called Bloodbath. They're called, uh, it's about bathing in the blood of Christ. That's uh, literally okay. a pile of sticks on the ground, guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, Nick Holmes is an interesting choice uh, for a vocalist for Bloodbath because, first of all, he's from the UK, so he's not, you know, from Sweden, uh, but that's okay. Uh, it's interesting that they would pick they would pick the singer of Paradise Lost, who is another band that, like Catatonia, like Opeth, uh, started off, you know, in the more brutal, you know, kind of gothic doom metal sort of sound. Um, and then his band later went into more of kind of this, like, prog rock uh, sort of direction. Uh, and it's funny because on the record, he's credited as old Nick Holmes, uh, which I think is hilarious. Uh, just and again, I don't know if this is the. I don't know why they call him that. Maybe they're just making fun of him because he's old. But there's a part of me that feels like they're calling him that because they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a time machine and we went back to the old Paradise Lost days. You know, back when they were doing their demos, and we got the old Nick Holmes uh, to sing on uh, to sing on this Bloodbath record. And uh, I mean, I, I don't have to say a lot about his vocals in the sense that he's just an absolute legend. He's different from Ockerfeld. He has this weird grind to his voice uh, to where he sounds uh, just completely inhuman and absolutely evil. Um, so he, he definitely picks up the torch uh, from Michael Ockerfeld and absolutely just proceeds to completely decimate this record vocally. Um, musically, this one is a little bit... It's a little bit more brutal than what we've had before. The, these modern elements of bloodbath are starting to sneak their way in, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, you're listening to, you're listening to the 2014 equivalent of if Swedish death metal never exist, you know, never never disappeared. Deathcore does this thing where they brick wall every aspect of the band, make it as loud as possible, especially in 2014. But what you get from that is heavy intense atmosphere it doesn't hold back you're being just stormed over by whatever sound that band is trying to create now you take a band like bloodbath who gives you the same onslaught but they put space in the mix this band has atmosphere on this album but like dan said the vocals just destroy any pleasantries that are going on in the room at the time. So now you're listening to an old school sounding death metal band who has modernized and continued to move forward. And now they're being as heavy, if not heavier than your favorite deathcore band in 2014. 
This is an old school metal fans dream record at that point. Well, you know, you mentioned deathcore and like this is exactly what a dude like me, whenever you show me your favorite deathcore band and they say this is the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life, you go, This is not heavy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and you grab you know, it's let, let's let's get super gatekeepy here for a minute. Uh you know, uh this is Grand Morbid Funeral is absolutely a a decimating, terrifying experience. And it's unrelenting. You know, a lot of a lot of modern metal is, is somewhat formulaic. The entire point of death metal was to break away from that mold in the nineties, to not to not play to not do the standard thrash thing where it's like, yeah, we play, you know, basically what amounts to three verses, a solo, and maybe a bridge. And, you know, especially, you know, when Metalcore got bigger, you know, Metalcore started off as a genre that was very, very, very unformulaic and then became such over time. And then you've got Bloodbath over here playing death metal, basically from the '90s, but with all these all this modern production and 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 uh, and loudness. I mean, this is one of the loudest records I've ever heard. And uh, they but, but they do it again with that with that level of finesse, that level of restraint that I feel like only Swedish bands have, um, where they can absolutely assault you, and there is uh, there's a precision to it that you can't really that I, that I have a little bit of trouble nailing down, if I'm being honest, but. Um, there, there's a certain feeling you get when you're listening to masters play a certain type of music uh, versus like a bunch of 17 year old kids these are guys that were listening to bands that sounded just like this when they were 17 and in 2014 they're like alright we're going to do that we're going to show everybody what this is really about and so uh, this, was a, this was an amazing amazing release by Bloodbath and uh, definitely is probably one of my favorites especially because they are now firmly rooted in the bloodbath sound they are making bloodbath choices they are not just aping off of uh off of other bands that you know disappeared sometime in the 90s so i think that's really cool i think nick holmes is amazing and um i really 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 enjoyed this one i, I can't get too much more technical than that with it i just i just really really loved it it's time for rosemary's baby i'm sorry that's just the album cover of The Arrow of Satan is Drawn, 2018. Satan is winding up that bow, and he is going to fire his arrow right at you. I mean, it's a little rough, right? You're just trying to sleep. You got the crib next to you, but then the crib's covered in, in, in horrible, horrible plague flies. It's almost as if the winds of plague have blown into there. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I think that, <laughs> yeah. So this record is... It's a little bit, it's okay. So it's a bit different than Grand Morbid Funeral um, in the sense of you've got, you've got somewhat of a, of a different lineup here. You know, you now have um, a lot of guys that were basically, so Nick Holmes uh, started it off, you know, uh, with, with bringing, you know, British dudes into the band. Right. And, uh, what you get with this record is you have um, a so lot of guys, guest musicians. I want to do everything we did on Grand Morbid Funeral. We got to bring back the buzzsaw guitars. We have right. to bring back the buzzsaw guitars. Yeah. So what you're getting is everything this band has built to. Dan talked about Masters playing the music. He's absolutely correct. Now... We've looped back around. 
and we've taken it to the source. Where did this band begin? Buzzsaw, eerie, painful-sounding death metal. But we've built all this atmosphere into it, so now you have modern-sounding Swedish death metal. Old-school Swedish death metal. Isn't this exactly what you wanted 16 years ago when the band put out Resurrection through Carnage? Yeah, I mean, the thing I think is weird about it, though, is that, you know, you've got you've got uh, Nick Holmes from Paradise Lost, British musician, like calls up a few of his buddies to come and uh, and guest on this record. You've got Jeff Walker from Carcass uh, on a song. And then you've got uh, you've got Carl Willits from Bolt Thrower uh, in there on you know on uh, really on the same track, but like I'm like is Bloodbath slowly transitioning into becoming a UK uh, death metal band? It's interesting uh, to to think of it that way. Although the core is still your our, our two favorite people from Catatonia, uh, really really holding the torch here. But it is interesting because you get a little bit more of that um, a little bit more of that UK flavor of death metal and so it's kind of cool that like if they keep this up over the over the course of like the next 20 years you know are they just going to go like all over the all over the continent and and figure out you know exactly how how many different styles they can incorporate in but what's amazing like you kind of pointed out joe's it still sounds like bloodbath you know they, they've taken enough of that of that sound and they still have the same core songwriters i think is likely the the explanation for this but uh but yeah, no, I, this, I mean, this thing absolutely is great. I don't like it as much as I liked uh, Grand Morbid Funeral, but uh, I'm, I'm still totally, totally down with it. Um, absolutely, absolutely another home run for the band. And uh, I can't wait to hear uh, what their next release is going to be because I think it's at this point, we know that Bloodbath's not going anywhere. Uh, they are absolutely in it to win it. And I think they're going to be around forever. And I also think that because they're nobody's main commitment, it doesn't mean they're going to release records probably regularly. But when they do, it's an event. This is a good place to be in 2018. You're able to write not just original sounding death metal, but you're able to incorporate the classic elements with the modern elements. So this is true innovation in the style. So now you have a band who effectively is the new standard and yes it sounds like bloodbath now i want to hear bloodbath i'm not worrying about that super group that michael ackerfeld joined because he's my favorite lead vocalist of opeth right he's the only one yes (laughs) that's correct final thoughts on bloodbath dan bloodbath is just i mean you guys know how much i love swedish death metal right i mean i made that pretty clear we did it. We, we did an episode on Entombed, and um, you know I, I gushed there. Um, I'm 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 a big 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 fan of this of this particular style of death metal. So uh, to say that Bloodbath checks all the boxes for me uh, would be a massive understatement. Um, I I'm here for it. I don't I, I'm excited to see who they pull into the band in the future. I'm excited just to see how far they can push this. And uh, I mean, that's all I really have to say. I mean, if you're not listening to Bloodbath, you like Swedish death metal. I mean, you, you need to. And even if you don't like Swedish death metal or you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, you know, I'm going to use this time, even though it's supposed to be my final thoughts on Bloodbath. I think it applies. 
I'm going to use this time to recommend you some Swedish death metal uh, albums that you need to listen to. Uh, number one, you need to listen to uh, Like an Ever-Flowing Stream by Dismember uh, to get in the right mindset for this album. You need to listen to Into the Grave by Grave. And uh, you absolutely need to go listen to Left Hand Path by Entombed. Uh, and that's that's what you, those are the primers that you need to listen to to get ready for what Bloodbath has to offer. I think Bloodbath started as a supergroup that existed for the fans and for the members of the band. They wanted to create some old school sounding death metal, so they did. That's great. The band has since moved forward and created something original by incorporating old school and modern elements into death metal in a way that I can only describe as Swedish. It's Swedish death metal done better than anyone can possibly do it in a modern sense. So what is going to come next? That's what I'm interested in. If you're a fan of death metal, you need to be listening to Bloodbath and I'm pretty sure you've heard those records Dan recommended if you're a fan of death metal. But just in case, go listen to them anyway. I'm pretty sure one of them is going to be his Dan, what's your album of the week? <laughs> well, it's not actually. I had to go in a totally different direction for my album of the week, uh, which is Return to Struggleville by Listener. Uh, it's, a talk, it's a talk rock band, and uh, I love it. If you haven't heard Listener, go check out Listener. Uh, it'll be one of the most unique, unique experiences that you have this week. I finally sat down once a day for the past seven days and listened to the remaster of Colors. Not because Colors 2 is inevitable, but because I wanted to hear what happens when the greatest producer in the history of all things death metal, Jamie King, I said it, or adult contemporary death metal, if you're between the bear to me. I was going to say, yeah, I don't want to say death metal, but yeah. He sits down and remixes multiple records, and then they all sound the same, cosmetically. I wanted to know if it really hurt the record or if it improved it, because Colors is a record that needs a remaster. I can honestly say it's one of my favorite records of all time, one of the most interesting records of all time. I think something's missing. I don't know what he did, but it doesn't build the same way that the previous version does. And that might be a me issue for the new listener between the bear to me. You're going to be just fine because it takes that cosmetic similarity and just goes with it. So no real complaints, but some concern. Fair enough. Part of those dynamics. They have to build off of each other, man. Got the production head in the house tonight. <laughs> and he's going to tell you exactly how he feels. Take us out, DFT. If you like this episode of Discography Discussion and you would like to recommend some other bands for us to talk about, you can absolutely do that. If you reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion, you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. If you would like some Discography Discussion merch, you can go to our Teespring store that we have a link for in our show notes. And uh, it, this is kind of winding down to being your last chance to get a classic Discography Discussion logo t-shirt. So uh, make sure that you guys are doing that. And uh, come hang out with us on our Discord server. It has become quite the hangout lately. There's going to be a link in the show notes that will take you right to our Discord server. 
And uh, make sure to check us out every week on Discuss Metal Gaming, where myself and Discuss Metal Buddy stream two nights a week, or each, so it's actually four nights a week. And uh, make sure to check out the latest episode of the FPS podcast with me and Rance. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. We're having a lot of fun lately. This year has been really, really, really cool for us uh, as far as just trying new things and seeing uh, seeing what other waters we can dip our toes into. And on that note, this has been episode 235 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Joe, I need some money. $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 